gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to my Two Cents Podcast, episode 50, which is entitled Thankful. I am your host, G2, and I am here basically just to give you a couple topics uh, that happened throughout this week of Thanksgiving, since we're at the aftermath of Thanksgiving, if you will. And I'm also just going to talk about my Thanksgiving holiday. I hope you guys uh, had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you guys had a great holidays. I hope you guys got to see family members that you didn't get to see um, last year because of, well, COVID. And um, I hope you guys had a great meal. But before I get into all that, let me uh, just read you out the National Food Days of the Week. Today, November 28th, today is French Toast Day. Tomorrow, November 29th, Chocolate Day. Also, Lemon Cream Pie Day. Also, Rice Cake Day. November 30th, Moose Day. December 1st, Fried Pie Day. December 2nd, Fritters Day. December 3rd, Peppermint Latte Day, and December 4th, Cookie Day. Now, I hope everybody did have a great Thanksgiving. I had a, I had an all right Thanksgiving. I can say that. Um, the family and I, we went up north to uh, chill out with some family members and also just to kick it around in uh, New York City. I'm not the biggest uh, fan of New York because in 2019, my mother took me and my brother and we were off to visit New York for our first time ever. And when I got to New York, it was uh, dirty to me. It was dirty because I had the expectation of you go and see it on television. You see it all shiny, no like trash on the ground. He's like, it looks really, really clean. And I don't mean to say like clean, clean. I know there's going to be some dirt everywhere, but you don't expect to see as much trash on the ground as you do see whenever New York City at night. Because you see trash bags laying next to corners and trash bags just out there and trash everywhere. We pulled in at night. And when we got to actually visit and walk around New York in the morning, all that trash, was I can say it was gone. But you start seeing people with masks on to try to take photos with you. And if you're a tourist, you don't know if that's money has them pay, tell you to, you got to pay for pay uh, money for the photo or not. They just try to bring you in and take photos with you as a character from Disney. At least this one in 2019, they were Disney characters. And after that, they try to grab you up for saying, okay, money, money. Dog, I ain't with all that. So 2019, uh, New York left me with a taste in my mouth. And I understand New York's a uh, metropolis. You got to be on the go. Everybody's constantly on their deal, on their grind, dot, 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 dot. But if you're a tourist, you're there to see the uh, things that you don't see every day. You're there to see Times Square. You're there to see Statue of Liberty. Certain people, if you're into this type of thing, you're going to see the World Trade Center. Uh, you're going to see where the Twin Towers used to be at. I mean, you're going into these landmarks in New York City. My family and I, we went to Times Square they walked around. I was all right. Uh, they went to Statue of Liberty. I was all right on that. As I said, New York City, I'm kind of cool on that, personally. If I don't go to a tour spot and I actually get to visit like the heartbeat of New York City, then maybe I'll give it a try. But this time, it was all about going to the tour spot 
And mother, I know you're listening to this. That doesn't mean for you to try to take me up to New York and just like, okay, since you said that, let's go to Harlem and everything. No, I got to be in the right mind for that. And right now my mind ain't right for none of that. So I just want to make that certain select thing for my mother. Hi, Ma. Now, getting to it. Um, Again, my Thanksgiving was straight. Got to see family. Got to see uh, my mother's uh, uncles. Uh, they, they're, uh, they're, they're a cast of characters. I'll say it like that. They didn't say nothing harmful. They were just three uncles, three brothers, just basically kicking it the same way me and my uh, brothers do. It's, it was very, very uh, joyous. I didn't really talk to him because I'm a, I am a uh, guy that stays towards himself, especially with people that I don't know that well, even though I do know these uncles. It's just that when you don't see family members for a long time and you've always been stayed in, stayed in a um, child's place, you always just kind of keep in that exact same mind frame until you're around people around your age bracket or people that you at least grew up around, something along that borderline. That wasn't the case with me. I was around nothing but elder statesmen and my mother. She was enjoying seeing her uncles, and I was just there with her as well at that particular time. But I can say going out to New York was fine. We got the travel pass, uh, some states. We drove. It was a road trip. By God, doing a road trip is a long thing. Um, I don't know how people do it, personally. My mom and I... We would we would do these road trips. My family technically would be doing these road trips, and we would go technically always up to up north. We don't ever travel out west. They'll probably like to be like the next thing, but I'll probably get us like on an airplane or something like that because we're not doing a field trip. But um, field trips are a long hassle. Sure, you get to drive past all these states. Sure, you get to drive past all these landmarks. We drove past south of the border. Uh, we drove past uh. I believe we drove past the White House. We drove past a couple things. I mean, we'd be driving past, like, landmarks that people will usually, like, stop and just to, like, walk around. We didn't do none of that. We always tried to just make it to our destination. So when we got to our destination in Connecticut, we went to our usual spots. We chilled out. We got a hotel. We uh, kicked it at the hotel. And then the next day, we went up to New York, saw New York, went back, uh... Went back to the hotel again, kicked it again, kicked around Connecticut another uh, day or two, and then we left out. So, and then we came back home. And being back home is great because I'm actually get to be in my own bed again. Nothing, uh, nothing harmful to say about that hotel's bed, but being in your own bed is great. It's nothing but greatness. And also, I thought that New York slash Connecticut weather would be much more colder then uh, it led me to be. Because when I got there, their weather wasn't as bad as I... As it was in April... No, not April. March of 2019 when I originally went up to New York City for my first time ever. That weather, that coldness was brittle. That weather was, like, damning to me. I mean, by God, you get all that cold just sucked onto your body and just striking you all at one time. You feel the breeze. This time, it wasn't that, like, striking cold. I can at least say that. So, if you guys do ever do try to uh, go up to the north, at least pick around November-ish or even probably, like, October-ish. Probably somewhere not with holidays because, obviously, tourists. But it's not as cold as this is going to lead you up to be. You're going to see people with big puffy jackets because, to them, that's whenever they start beginning of getting cold. But if you're coming from a 
southern place like I am, where it's heat all the time, and you get to feel that breeze, you're going to wonder, why is everybody so cold? Why is everybody so, like, freezing out here? It ain't that cold out here. Personally, we would like to have that breeze come down here to the south, where it's majority, hot majority of the year. But again, uh, Thanksgiving was fine. It was dandy. It was great. Uh, one thing that I did notice is that whenever I was around in my Thanksgiving festives, and Thanksgiving is one of my, is the greatest holiday for me because you get to be around family and it's so thankful. Whenever I was up there, it was time for the verdict. We were sitting there as a family watching the Amar Arbery closing arguments. And we heard the defense arguments and then we heard the uh, prosecution's arguments. I think we heard, no, it was prosecution and then defense and then the prosecution got the rebuttal. We came in at the, re like, the rebuttal part, but we heard from other entities about what the defense, is, especially the woman lawyer for Greg McMichael, had to say about Amar Arbery that basically caused an uproar on Twitter. And if you haven't heard it, I'm going to play you that clip right now. And this clip is coming from CNN, and this is the defense lawyer talking about Amar Arbery. And I want you to hear how she basically described Amar Arbery. And here's the clip right now. Turning Ahmad Arbery into a victim after the choices that he made does not reflect the reality of what brought Ahmad Arbery to Satilla Shores in his khaki shorts with no socks to cover his long, dirty toenails. As you just heard from that woman, she basically just read down that this accident. This whole killing was Armand Arbery's fault, and she listed down exactly what Armand Arbery wore down to his toenails. Now, before I give you my personal opinions of how I felt about this, I want to play you the clip of what his mother, Armand Arbery's mother, had to say about this. And this has also come from CNN, and here's the clip right now. It was very, very disturbing. I thought it was very, very rude to talk about his long, dirty toenails and to totally neglect that my son had a huge hole in his chest where he was shot with that shotgun. I sat there for the last two weeks and let them dehumanize my son, who wasn't doing anything wrong the day that he chose to, to go for that afternoon job. As you heard from Amara Arbery's mother, she found that disgusting and distasteful. I have a question. As a civilian, no, screw that. As someone that you get the idea of what a lawyer is supposed to do. You get the idea of what a defense attorney and a prosecution is supposed to do. They're supposed to make the best case for their either their client, as if you're the defense, or the state, if you are the prosecution. You're supposed to make the best case for your client to win and either get them off of whatever type of charges that they're on or get that person guilty if you are a prosecution. I get all that, okay? I get it. And... I understand you're going to use some dirty tactics here. You're going to use some dirty tactics there. It's all in the game of being a lawyer, and it's all in the game of trying to finesse the government and the system. That's all a lawyer is. I understand that. I think there's a fine line that you need to walk whenever you're a defense lawyer, though. I think there's a fine line that you have to walk, especially in cases like this. Because if you are in a case where somebody got raped, and you are defending the alleged rapist. 
And we have seen where the defense lawyer goes after the victim and they are pouncing on this person and we get media coverage of people saying that the lawyer was being an awful person. This lawyer was going after the victim. Have they no shame? Have they no decency? All this type of stuff. But you will think that, okay, that's their job. That's what they're supposed to do, right? This right here, how is dressing down Ahmaud Arbery down to his fingernails, down to his toenails, supposedly, which was dirty, how is that labeling Ahmaud Arbery as a thief or a criminal? How? How is that labeling him as a hooligan? How? This was nothing but you're just trying to shame a dead man. That's all you were doing in this situation. Again, I get it. You're a defense lawyer. You're a defense. And you are trying to just make your case strong for your client. I get it. I'm not dumb to it. I understand it. But again, as a defense lawyer, you have to walk that fine line. You have to walk the line of, okay, I was doing this to make my client seem like a good person. I was trying to discredit the prosecution's whole case. That's all you're supposed to do as a defense lawyer. But this lawyer right here, she did that and that wasn't doing anything. That didn't help out her case. That didn't do nothing. You were shaming a dead man. And if I was a Marlboro's mother, I wouldn't know how to feel. Screw that. Me as me, if one of my siblings or my mother were to get killed or my father, whoever that I love were to get killed right now, and you happen to have a lawyer defending the killer, and they dress down what my sibling or my person was wearing, I'm going to flip it. I'm going to question everything. I'm going to, I am going I wouldn't know how to contain myself. That mother was able to contain herself for the past two weeks as these people were talking about her son, a person that she gave birth to, a person that she saw be uh, straight up just raised. She helped. She raised this person. She built up this person. We don't know what it was like in that house, so we don't know what type of struggle Omar Darberry faced or what type of struggle that whole family faced. Just like everyday individuals, they're everyday people. They face some type of adversity, especially if you're black. Ha! And in the South, ha! Adversity. You are a lucky one if you face no adversity and you're black in the South. Let me just make that perfectly clear because there are some of us that face no adversities and we're black here in the South. But I digress, getting back to it. We don't know what type of things she had to face. We don't know what type of crap Armand Erbery had to face. So she had to sit there for two weeks hearing people demonize her baby boy, her son, that she gave birth, that she raised up into a man that went out for a jog, that happened to just go into a house that was going and just being constructed. He didn't take nothing. He didn't steal nothing. They played video on it all inside that courthouse inside that court case, and as they saw, Omar Ray took not a drop of paint, not a screwdriver, not nothing. And the best that the defense can do is try to dress down what he was wearing and said that he had long, dirty toenails. See, I understand exactly why Twitter and uh, the media got on this woman for that, because she wasn't doing her job. That is not doing your job as a defense lawyer. That's not doing your job at all. That's you just trying to shame again a dead man. And you're doing it in front of a mother that lost her son. There's there's no 
there's no there's no way you can make me understand that. And I'm a reasonable person. Again, as you heard me say, there's a fine line that a defense got to walk. And I understand that fine line. I do wholeheartedly. I do. But this this wasn't a fine line. This was you just deciding to cross that line and just be disrespectful with it. That's all this was. But in the end, ladies and gentlemen, all three men were found guilty because on Wednesday, Travis McMichael was found guilty on all nine counts. And that includes malice murder and four counts of felony murder. Gregory McMichael, Travis's father, was found not guilty of malice murder, but convicted on all other charges, basically eight charges, with four of the counts being felony murder. And their neighbor, William Rodney Bryant, who recorded the incident, was found guilty on six charges, three of them being felony murder charges, murder uh, counts. And right now, we don't know what when is their sentencing date going to be? We don't know. That hasn't been discussed to the public yet. It hasn't been announced. But when it does, I will bring it and uh, tell you all. But it has also been declared that um, the prosecution is trying to get all of these men with uh, life without parole plus 35 years for Travis and Gregory McMichael and life without parole plus 15 years for Brian, uh, the prosecution did say, and the paperwork has already been filed, she added, and this comes from ABC News, and the defense attorneys, the defense has already planned to appeal the guilty verdicts, which uh, they say can begin once sentencing is done. And um, one of the defense attorneys for Travis McMichael told one of the reporters on Wednesday that a change of venue could certainly become a part of the appeal. See, this is what I was saying at the beginning of the trial. These men and these people all knew you guys were all in Georgia. There was no way, in my personal mind, I said that a couple episodes back, how is this going to be a fair trial when we had a whole Caucasian jury with only one person of color on that jury? I said this wasn't going to be fair if it comes out to it being a straight-up not-guilty charge. But it turned out to be a guilty charge. And now the defense attorneys are saying, well, they need to be a change of venue. You guys could have petitioned for that. The prosecution could have petitioned for that. Apparently, nobody decided to petition for that. So I don't know how that's going to work personally. I said it that, yo, this thing should have been changed out because nobody of black, nobody of color was on this thing except for one person. How is this thing going to be fair? You know, I said that a couple episodes ago. But apparently, it turned out that, hey, Justice did turn out right and do right by Ahmaud Arbery and the family. And there's no way that if I am the prosecution, I, I'll be trying to put all my foot all up in this thing saying, no, 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 no. If anything, I should have asked for the appeal when this first court thing started. I should have because this was literally against my client, against the state, against the family of Ahmaud Arbery. One person of color. On the, on the jury and everybody else Caucasian, this whole trial could have easily went your way. And I mean easily went the defense way. But it didn't because they were able to see throughout that whole shenanigans, they were able to see what the defense were doing, and the defense wasn't good at all. You had the prosecution breaking down, and especially when it got Travis McMichael on the trial stand, and she broke down and asked him those simple questions. Did he ever show a firearm to you? He said no. Did he ever seem like a threat to you? No. Did he have 
a brandish any type of weapon or something of that magnitude? No. And with him answering those three simple questions, it basically stated that Travis McMichael killed Ahmaud Arbery because he was not a threat to Travis McMichael or his father, Greg McMichael. Ahmaud Arbery was an innocent man just running through getting a jog in. So, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to report back to you guys whenever I do find out. But I don't think this appeal thing is going to stick at all. Personally, in my in my heart of hearts, I don't think this uh, appeal is going to do stick. There's another person that was also arrested, too. Uh, and they could be facing some time for the Martin Arbery case, too. And it's the former DA. And this is coming from Atlanta Black Star. And as it reads, she could spend time in prison former DA accused of showing favor to the McMichaels awaits her day in court on charges over delayed arrest in Ahmaud Arbery slaying. As it read, the men convicted of killing Ahmaud Arbery are not the only ones facing prison time for the February 2020 murder. Former Georgia District Attorney Jackie Johnson was arrested for her role in delaying justice for the black man who was chased and killed while running through a mostly white neighborhood near Brunswick, Georgia. According to a grand jury indictment, Johnson violated her oath by showing favor and affection to Gregory McMichael and failing to treat Arbery and his family fairly and with dignity. It also said she obstructed police by directing that Travis McMichael should not be placed under arrest. Johnson also lost her re-election bid last November because of the Arbery case. It took more than two months after Arbery's killing for her arrest to be made his family and supporters have called for Johnson to be penalized for what she did. She suspended time in prison, said Lee Merritt, an attorney for Arbery's mother. Her actions are not just acts of negligence, but she also but she actively worked to cover up the murder. Gregory McMichael had worked in Johnson's office in Glen County as an investigator up until 2019 and was a former police officer. McMichael reportedly called Johnson after the murder, leaving a message seeking advice. Jackie, this is Greg, CNN reports, Michael said in the voice message. You could call me as soon as you possibly can. My inaudible and I have been involved in a shooting and I need some advice right away. Could you please call me as soon as possible? As soon as you possibly can. Thanks. Bye. Johnson has denied any wrongdoing, saying she rescued her, her saying she recused her office from the case immediately because of her relationship with McMichael. Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr launched a grand jury in Georgia Bureau of Investigation into her actions. Carr announced the indictment on September 2nd. Johnson was arrested for a violation of oath of a public office of a public officer in instruction and hindering a law enforcement officer on September 8th. She was released on a $10,000 bond. Johnson will face one to five years if convicted for violating her oath and up to one year in prison for hindering law enforcement. See, I don't know how that works. I don't know how that... See, you're a former DA and you have a relationship to the defendants. You're supposed to recuse yourself. So she did that. If she did that, if that's what she did do, okay, I can't hate on her for that. And I can't hate on the woman because she has a relationship with the defendants. As anybody in any space would, you know that person. And if something happens to them and they happen to call you, 
and you're in a position of power, you're going to try to protect them. I can't technically, with a logical sound in mind, say that, yo, I'm going to not protect somebody and I know their character, da-da-da-da-da. I can't not say that I'm not going to protect them. So I can't technically get mad at her for that. So this is all up on the courts now for that. I'm just telling you my personal opinion on it. If that was me in that situation, I would have recused myself. I would have said, hey, yo, y'all got to figure that one out, bro. Yo, talk to a lawyer, do what to do, bang, 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 do something, all right? Same thing like Chris Cuomo did for his brother Andrew Cuomo. He got him legal counsel who was with them, talking with them. Chris Cuomo was not going to turn his back on Andrew Cuomo, so I understood the brotherly thing for that. Same thing with uh Johnson in the McMichael situation. I can't hate on this woman but so much. I hate be- I hate that she was involved because she knew who Gregory McMichael was. I hate it. I hate that she didn't treat the Ahmad Arbery's family with dignity and with some class because they lost a family member. I hate her for that situation. But her just having a relationship with McMichael and her trying to help out a person that she knows, I can't hate on that because that's everything society does. You have your people that you help out. You have the people that you don't help out. You're going to help out people that you personally know. That's just what it is. So I can't technically get upset with her for that. All right. As the article reads on, the GBI is also investigating another former top law enforcement official's mishandling of the Arbery case. Waycross District Attorney George Barnhill told the Glen County Police Department there was insufficient probable cause to issue arrest warrants for the men caused in his killing because they were attempting to detain Arbery for a citizen's arrest. Barnhill recused himself from the case after facing pressure from Arbery's mother. Barnhill's son had worked in Johnson's office with George, well, Gregory McMichael. It appears Travis McMichael, Gregory McMichael, and Brian Williams were following in hard pursuit a burglary suspect with solid re- first-hand probable cause in their neighborhood and asking slash telling him to stop. It appears their intent was to stop and hold this criminal suspect until law enforcement arrived under Georgia law. This is perfectly legal, Barhill wrote to Glenn County Police. Da, 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 as the article reads, either way. Uh, a petition was created two years ago for Barnhill's dis- disbarment. So apparently the law enforcement uh, of Georgia is trying to get after uh, District Attorney George Barnhill. Listen, dude, again, you got people here that knows everybody, and whenever you're in the law, whenever screw all that. When you are in a high-powered position, you're going to start clicking up with certain individuals. If a person is working underneath you, you're going to get more accustomed to that person that's working underneath you than a person that's not working with you. That's just legal. That's just common sense right there. All right. People are going to say again, when you're in these high situations and you know who these people are, you're supposed to recuse yourself. That's what you're supposed to do. So if this person did do that, that's fine. But once you recuse yourself, you're not supposed to make any type of uh, comment, no type of press comment, no nothing. Hey. I recuse myself. I can't do nothing more about it. That's the only comment that you can say that you should be saying out your mouth. Don't ever say anything stupid at that. But once you start making a statement and 
all this type of other garbage, you're putting yourself back into that hot water, my G. The only thing you're supposed to do is say, hey, I recuse myself. I don't know nothing. I'm done. That's all you're supposed to say. But, hey, let Georgia do their do. If they're going to get this former district attorney, the woman, for one to five years, which is uh, small to me, but, hey, that's part of the law, go ahead and do it. I don't know if they're going to do it uh, George Barnhill over here. But, hey, whatever they do, I want them to at least give the Arberries family a lot more respect than what they uh, did do in the past because, by God, they lost a family member because he was only taking a jog. For the love of God, he was doing a jog. He didn't steal nothing. He was jogging. God. Ugh. Anyway, congratulations to Arberries families for getting a correct uh, verdict for their lost loved one. I'm sorry that you had to spend another Thanksgiving holiday, another holiday, another year without your loved one. I am truly sorry for that. I truly am. My heart goes out to the mother. My heart goes out to the Arbery family. People that knew Amart Arbery, the man. People knew him as the brother. People knew him as the friend. I, my heart goes out to all of you because you guys lost somebody because of three dickheads. They couldn't mind their own business. Now they're facing the ultimate consequences. You guys are now going to go to jail. You're facing jail time. There's no way that you're not going to, okay? It all depends on how much jail time you're going to get. And if it's a right amount, we're going to be okay with it. If it's not the right amount, you're going to hear outrage on uh, social media and also in the media itself. That's the only way we're going to do, all right? So with that, hey, I'm glad that we at least did get the right verdict on this. I want to, before I get to any other topics, I want to get to Apple for a minute, if you would indulge me here. Disclaimer, Apple, you have me right now on your podcast. If you listen to this on the Apple podcast right now, you have me here. And I'm glad to be here. Let's not try for me to act like I'm not grateful here. I always show grateful. I always show my gratitude. But how, God's green, did you not inform me that the verdicts came in and that all three men were guilty? I got the verdict on the Kyle Rittenhouse pain saying that he was not guilty on my phone a week ago. And I told you about that a week ago on last week's episode. All right. I told you about how I found out about Kyle Rittenhouse, which I already knew he was going to be not guilty. But I found out because one, my mother texted me. And also when I looked at my phone, it popped up on my phone on the little news that Apple has on their phone. This one, that didn't happen. I was out with my mother. I come back to the hotel. My father tells me, hey, did you hear that uh, they got found guilty? I said, what? He said, yeah, they got found guilty. I said, how'd you find that out? Walked by past the lobby. We saw it on the screen. And I said, "That you know the funny part? Apple last week had Kyle Rittenhouse tell me that it was not guilty. But you mean to tell me they couldn't tell me that Ahmaud Arbery's killers weren't guilty on my phone? Weird. I asked my mother, did she ever get... The verdict on their phone? She said, no. And I told her the verdict. She said, that's strange that they didn't put it on the phones. And I said, yeah, right? Apple, I want you to do better. Because right now, it makes it seem that you guys wanted to incite some type of situation to occur. You guys tell us about the most dumbest thing ever. If somebody's getting a divorce or if somebody uh, has been... Um, signed to a basketball team or you find out an athlete has signed to a big old contract or whatever the case may be. 
You guys did right by me last week by telling me Kyle Rittenhouse was not guilty. That was good because that is an important news bite that everybody needs to know. What you didn't tell me was that Omar Arbery's killers were found guilty on my phone. That's one thing you didn't tell me. So I want you to fix that. Any type of big news story that happens in Omar Arbery's case was big. You need to put that and schedule that into people's phones and let them know whenever the verdict is. Because again, that was tasteful to me, in my personal opinion, because that makes me think, okay, what was the big plan behind that? Because to me, whenever I don't get some type of information on my phone and I always recall back to an incident of me getting like, okay, hey, a big athlete has signed a big contract. Dude, I don't care about an athlete signing a big contract. I don't care. But you mean to tell me that we're not finding out about these people getting time for a big incident? As a matter of fact, every time a person that was inside the incitement or the riot, whatever you want to call it, the insurrection of January 6th of earlier this year, every time somebody is going to jail or they're going to trial, that should be popping up on their phone on everybody's phone to let everybody know about January 6th, what happened there, and that, ayo, we didn't forget. We are still punishing those people for doing a wrongful act against the government. But that doesn't happen. It doesn't. We don't get that on our phones. We don't get that type of information on the phones because something's there. I don't know what it is, but something's there. Once I figure out what it is, I'm going to be coming to you guys with it. Personally, me. I'm going to figure that out because personally, I want to know why we're not getting some of the bigger news topics on our phones whenever it happens. And we got to find that out and like really dig for that ourselves because that right there, that among our base situation, that should be popping up on my phone. The insurrection where people keep on getting going to either they're getting a six months in jail or a year or something, that should be going to your phones. That should. That shouldn't be one of those secret things that goes underneath the uh, sink or underneath the refrigerator. And you got to figure that out, the smell from it, whenever you start researching and digging it up yourself. Like, oh, yeah, what happened to those people? And then you dig it up and you find out like, oh, yeah, a month ago they got sentenced to five months in jail. Those things are important. You need to put and alert the government. You need to alert the people. You understand? This isn't me telling you that you suck. This is me telling you and giving you criticism about how you can be better. You need to keep people alert. All right? You don't need to be sprinkling in whenever you want to sprinkle on something. No. If you're going to report on it, you got to do it all the way through. You understand? That's just me just wanting to get on Apple right there a little bit. Again, I love you. I thank you for having me on your platform. I truly do. But as a company, you guys do need to do better with that. All right, on to my next topic here. And this comes from Insider as it reads, the headline, a Texas woman was found dead two days after she signed a $250,000 life insurance policy and her husband has been charged with murder. As the article reads, a Texas man this week was charged with murder after his wife was found dead in their home days after the couple took out a life insurance policy. Christopher Collins, 41, told police he suspected his wife was killed by intruders but he has since been charged with murder in the case of his wife's death 
KHOU reported two days before her death, the couple signed a $250,000 life insurance policy, according to the report. Collins was set to appear in court on Thursday, but didn't because of mental health reasons, authorities told KHOU 11. It is unclear how Collins intended to plead, and his attorney cannot immediately be found by insider. According to a police report, Collins called Harris County Sheriff's deputies requesting a welfare check on his wife, Young Ling, 46. Collins met police at his home on Clayton Bliff Lane in Cypress, Texas. He told authorities his wife sent him a text message about a person outside their home while he was at the gym and getting something to eat, according to a report from Click to Houston. The caller reported that he lost contact with his wife shortly after she reported a suspicious male near their residence. The police report reads, the deputy entered the residence with the husband and they discovered the wife deceased inside the house. Collins paused momentarily in the driveway, not in the driveway, in the doorway, dropped his bags and ran into the living room where Ling was found lying on the floor with visible blood on her shirt and a bag covering her head. KHOU reported citing court documents. There were no signs of forced entry into the home from the inside. The officers observed the back door was unlocked and four dogs were in the backyard. A prosecutor said in the case, a prosecutor, a prosecutor in the case said, click to Houston. Investigators said they found no signs of forced entry and nothing had been stolen from the home. According to the report, Collins told police the couple did not have a life insurance policy because they had missed a payment on it. Officials who searched the home found a sheet of paper on the desk inside the residence. The paper was for life insurance for $250,000. A prosecutor said, click to Houston reported, the officer stated that the defendant and the compl complainant had signed the paper for life insurance on November 16, 2021. An autopsy conducted by the Harris County Institute of Forensic Science found that Ling died from a gunshot to the head and the manner of death was determined to be homicide, according to the police report. Medical examiners determined that the bullet was fired from a 22 or 25 caliber weapon, KHOU reported, adding that officers said they found a 22 cartridge in Collins' pocket. On November 24th, Collins was charged with murder and taken to Harris County Jail, where he is being held on a $150,000 bond, dollar bond, according to the police report. Now, there's a lot to unpack here, but boy being is this. November, November 12th, the husband and wife signed off on a life insurance policy, excuse me, November 16th, 2021, for a $250,000 life insurance policy. Okay, a couple of days later, the wife is end up dead, and now they're saying that the the husband could have done it because they found a cartridge, a twenty two cartridge in his bag. All right, there's a couple of questions I got here. One question is, how is he supposed to appear in court on a Thursday? Thursday was Thanksgiving, and to my knowledge, banks are closed. A lot of WalMarts were closed when we drove by. A lot of places were closed. I could have swore a courtroom would have been closed, but you mean to tell me that a courtroom was open on Thanksgiving? Hey, to each his own, I'm just throwing that out there to you because I find that incredibly weird, especially if the bank isn't open and 
certain Walmart locations aren't open, but a uh, courtroom is open. Hey, to each his own. Okay, that's one. Two. How stupid are you? And this is just if he did do it. I'm not saying that he did, but if he did. How stupid are you to kill your spouse that quick? You guys just got the life insurance signed. And now you just start, bow, killing your wife, allegedly. I don't know, because guess what? I'm not an investigator. I only see the report that's been posted up here, and it just makes me start to think. And when I think, I report to you guys, and I tell you what I'm thinking. What I'm thinking is, I don't know. Somebody could have killed the wife. Somebody could have did all these things, or he could have. Because when you go back to what I said, and I'm looking back at it right here, the reports that were cited in the court documents said that they found the wife lying on the floor with visible blood on her shirt and a bag covering her head. Now, why would somebody put a bag over somebody's head if they just suffered a gunshot wound? I would think that you would just want them to just be laid right there. And if anything, blood should have splattered all over the whole place. Because if you shoot somebody in the head, I would think that would be a messy situation. Personally, I never killed nobody. But I've always seen in CSIs, I've seen, uh, especially whenever, I don't know if you guys remember this, there was a show called Deadliest Warrior. And they would take warriors from different eras of history, and they would basically have them go against each other. But before that, you test out the specific weapons that, that particular person from that era would have used in that battle, this mythical battle. And they would test out guns, and they would test out uh, swords, but we're sticking to guns here. They would use like a pig carcass, or some type of pig gelatin, and you would, like they would shoot it, and you would see how much uh, that bullet would have tear through the pig body or that pig gelatin. And you see on CSI, you'll see somebody get shot, you see the blood splatter. I'm thinking, how did they not see blood splatter everywhere? Did that bag have a uh in there was the bag well, did somebody shoot inside the bag? Or did somebody just place the bag over her head after she got shot? Something needs to be said more because I get it, they citing stuff that was inside the court documents, that were inside the police records. Cool, I understand that. But there should have been said of there should have been like a bigger mess at the police at the scene of the crime or something. This whole thing is just disturbing to me. I mean, it looks like he could have did it. I'm not gonna lie to you, it looks like it. For two hundred fifty thousand dollars, people are still having some hard times now. You might not like your spouse. You guys might be going through something because hey, when you're in your 40s, I've heard that your 40s are like you're going through your midlife crisis. And then after you're out of your 40s, you're good. So I don't know. I haven't hit my 40s. I only can tell you what I've researched and what I've read. And everybody always comes with the consensus. Your 40s. So it is what it is. My question is, how could you be that stupid if you did do it? And I'm not saying that he did. I'm just saying, allegedly, if you did do it, how stupid can you be for killing somebody and you just got the life insurance done, like, a couple days ago? That's asinine to me. But anyway, I'll be keeping up on this one, too, because this one is really, really juicy to me, because this just doesn't make a lot of sense to me for you to kill your partner two days after you guys just signed 
a life insurance policy. But I'll keep up with that, and I hope to have more uh, information whenever the time comes. Um, on to my final topic of today, because I don't want to get keep you guys long, because, hey, tomorrow we all got to get back to our regular uh, scheduled program. Today's last topic is, this comes from Business Insider, an exonerated Missouri man who was released from prison after 43 years isn't eligible for compensation from the state. Donors have now raised over $1.4 million on GoFundMe, that was the article. As it reads, Kevin Strickland left a Missouri prison on Tuesday after being exonerated in a 1978 triple murder, but under Missouri law, he was ineligible for compensation from the state, despite spending 43 years behind bars for a crime he did not commit. However, donations have been pouring in from supporters after the Midwest Innocence Project set up a GoFundMe campaign to help Strickland, who was taken into custody when he was just 18 years old, begin a new life. As of Saturday afternoon, the campaign has raised over $1.4 million from 25,000 donations. Trisha Rojo Bushnell, the attorney representing Strickland and the executive director of the Midwest Innocence Project, told the Washington Post on Friday that individuals from around the globe have sought to aid her client. Strickland does not have retirement savings or a work history to obtain Social Security benefits as a result of his wrongful conviction, and Missouri only permits compensation from the state as an individual's innocence is proven as a result of DNA testing. It is a very small minority of people who received that, Bushnell told the newspaper. The vast majority of folks who are exonerated or exonerated through non-DNA evidence and the vast majority of the crimes do not involve DNA at all. So what we see in Missouri is folks get home and they are provided nothing. He's 62 year old, years old with physical problems. He's not going to be able to work in the way that many other folks coming home would. This has got to be something to sustain him, she added. Strickland was released from jail after Judge James Welsh ruled that the conviction should be vacated as no physical evidence linked him to the crime. Under these, uh, under these unique circumstances, the court confidence in Strickland's conviction is so undermined that it cannot stand and the judgment of conviction must be set aside, the judge wrote in ordering Strickland immediate release, according to the Associated Press. You know what? I'm really trying to understand this here. Okay, we get that he's out. We get this and that. We get that under the law, yo, you guys would be able to give him money if he was exonerated because of DNA testing. But since you guys didn't have those DNA testing, and it's because it's only a small minority of people that receive that, you guys can't give this man that. He was taken at the age of 18 and went into jail. For 43 years, for a triple murder, he did not commit. I want you guys to think about the time you guys were 18. Alright? Think about how bright-eyed and bushy-tailed you were. Some of you guys had children back then. Some of you guys were just starting out college. Some of you guys were just enrolling into the military. Some of you guys were still at home trying to figure out life because, shoot, once you exit out of high school, technically around the age of 18 or even earlier, you start thinking that, okay, life is about to hit you right now because you're out of high school and that's what everything has been preached onto you. He was 18 and got grabbed up and thrown into jail for 43 years. So, I want you guys to try to think about 
How would your life have been if you were grabbed up by somebody and thrown into a prison cell for 43 years? You want to know what that been like? You couldn't work. You don't have a relationship to people on the outside besides your family. Only if your family loves you enough to come visit you. And only if they actually believe that you didn't do it. Because in certain instances, family members are the judgiest people on the planet. And if they believe that you did it, guess what? They ain't going to visit you. So, no job. You have no college degree underneath you. I'm not sure back in that time they would let you go to school in co- in the jail system to earn like a college degree. I'm not sure. I've heard now that certain like prisons do that. You get to earn like higher levels of education in prison. I don't know how that works, but hey, I've heard about it, so I can't knock that if that's the case for that. Cool, fine, whatever. Um, You have no physical companionship in there of the opposite sex if you do like women. If you like men, hey, you do what you do inside a prison cell. I'm not the one to judge. That's just what it is. But the big main key thing is you are literally stuck inside of a place for something that you did not do for 43 years. And when when you get out and you hear about people getting out, they're going to sue the state or state's going to give them money for being in the jail system for a crime that they did not commit. And somehow, some way, hey, yo, by the way, you're not going to get nothing because, well, when you got exonerated, we didn't see no DNA uh, evidence to get you out of there. The only time you can get money or from us is whenever uh, you get exonerated because your DNA didn't match the DNA that was on profile. What? No, anybody that's in jail for a crime they did not commit, they need to be getting money, period. I don't care what it is. They need to be getting money because time, as I've said constantly, time is something that you cannot gain back. You can get money and you can lose money. You can get material items and you can lose material items and you can get it back again. All these material items you can grab back. Time is not materialism. Time is something that you have in your heart and your soul. Time is an everyday factor that happens every single day. As I'm talking to you right now, it has been about, what, 50 minutes that you've listened to me talk to you right now. You could have been driving and listening to me talk. You could have been cooking and listening to me talk. You could have been kicking in your bed and listening to me talk. Certain people right now, they're studying and listening to me talk right now. That is 50 minutes of you hearing me talk to you right now, and you're doing something else, or you're sitting down and just listening to everything that I'm saying to you. And people could be saying, why are you listening to this guy when you could be doing something else with that time? Time is something that you cannot get back. When you lose tomorrow, guess what? Tomorrow becomes yesterday when you enter tomorrow. Or no, tomorrow becomes today once you enter tomorrow. And then the day that you had yesterday, which was today right now, becomes yesterday. You can never get that day back. You can't grasp time back. Time constantly moves. That's something that you can never, ever get back. You understand? You can destroy a PS4 or a PS5 or an Xbox One or a Wii U or whatever the case may be or a Nintendo Switch, right? 
if you're into, we're going to get the latest, and I was up the latest update with uh, the video games consoles here. You can destroy all those. Yes, you lost a material product. But guess what? You can always buy back that material product. A hat. Burn it. Destroy it. Hell, we see a lot of sports fans. You see their big stars uh, losing or they go off to another team, a la the LeBron James factor whenever he left Cleveland to go to Miami. You saw a lot of fans burning their jerseys, throwing their jerseys into fire pits, uh, cutting their jerseys up. Guess what? When he went back to Cleveland, all those stupid idiots had to go back to Lids or wherever the hell they bought those jerseys from and they bought it again. They were idiots. They should have just saved the jersey. That's my tantrum on that one right there. Just want to nick that right there. Time is something that you can't grab back, but those are material items that they can buy back after they destroyed it. Time again is something you cannot get back. And for this man to lose 43 years of his life, those are prime time years. This man is 61 years old. If you do the math, 61, 62 years old. He's about to go into old man status. He comes out with gray hair. He lost prime time real estate. He lost time to meet a girl, create kids, and watch them grow up. And then right now, at the age of 62, possibly even have grandkids. Or coming along the way of his kids, about to have kids, and him become a grandfather. He lost time. And you mean to tell me you couldn't give this man money? That's the least you guys could do. Literally the least. This man is coming out here with only, what, a high school degree? Maybe. I don't know the man's whole backstory. But by God, you owe this man money. You owe him much more. But money is the least that you could do. And you don't give him that because of the because of DNA? No. Some of the things you gotta look the other way. This is one you gotta look the other way. Or you bend the rule to make this one work for this one. This is the one you should have bend the rule for. Kevin Strickland should be getting some money. And I'm glad that somebody made a GoFundMe and it raised over $1.4 to help him get himself together. Because I don't know what he's gonna do. Age of 62, 61... He has no real, like, real-world experience out here. Literally, the only thing that he knows is a prison cell, a prison wall, all these types of things. Let's be honest, dog. I don't know what my man is going to do. I don't. I wish I wish to God that he is okay mentally because you don't know how his brain is right now. You don't know if he only thinks about prison time all the people that he used to see in prison, all the people that he saw before he went to prison, and now they're probably not here, or they're probably off somewhere else, or they're probably dead. All the people that he didn't have time to spend with, his mother, his grandmother, all these people that are probably gone right now because of a false sentencing that he went and sat through for 43 years. I feel for this man. I wish that the government did give him money because that's the least that they can do because time again is something you cannot get back. So I'm going to try to follow up and see what's up with Kevin Strickland. I hope to have you some type of report next week. I hope so. If not, I will just give you a little minor update of how much money that GoFundMe has given to this man because by God again, dog, he should be getting some money and I'm glad somebody did 
post up uh, that they did put a GoFundMe for this man. I truly am glad for that because you know what? He's been through a lot and it's unfair for somebody to do that to him. It truly is unfair. Now, with that being said, I want to thank all of you for tuning in for today's episode and let me get you guys out of here you can catch me on twitter at my two podcast on instagram my two cents podcast g2 on email if you want to email me anything my email is my two cents pod at yahoo.com remember that email is for anybody that want to email me about your mental health because mental health is extremely important uh and just for casual conversation if you want to just email me about anything all right um, I want to thank Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, uh, Amazon Music, and also Audible for still allowing me to be on their platforms. I want to thank you for that. And these are also the platforms you can catch my past episodes and future episodes of this podcast. Um, I don't think there's anything else. So with that, always remember. I love you. I love you all. I want to thank you for tuning in today. Remember to always do a good deed, at least do a good deed every single day, because if you do a good deed, good things will come to you. And if if you can't, if you do believe in this type of thing, because I do, just say a prayer every day just to start your day off and see if it'll make your day just a little bit better than what it would be if you didn't say a prayer. That's just how I've been doing it, and my days have been getting uh, better and better. So with that, I'm going to leave you with that. I do love you all. Have a great Sunday. Have a great rest of your week. You will catch me uh, next week. If you happen to listen to me, that's fine. If you don't, hey, that's great. I want to just thank you for tuning in. And with that, Kanye, can you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh Jesus wept.